Pastor Doug here from Crossroads. It's great to be with you. I hope that today's message will draw you closer to Jesus. Well, good morning, Crossroads. Great to be with you today. Uh, Today we're talking about weeding. And um, do I need to clarify what that means uh, in case you came here today and you thought it was going to be a Chorus 101 on growing marijuana or a debate on legalizing or not legalizing? That's not at all where we're going today. As a matter of fact, let's just go ahead and get in the ground and get dirty together. That kind of weeding. And let's see what we have in common before we figure out some of the things that separate us that uh, we're a little bit different on. First of all, let's start out like this. How many of you, you enjoy uh, whenever, you know, your yard is like uh, weed-free or minimal weeds, your landscaping, you know, is looking great. There aren't any weeds there. Uh, Your garden, uh, no weeds. You just like it when everything looks weed-free. Anybody enjoy that kind of a look? I'm not the only one, right? Now, let's see if anybody is different. Who really, does anybody enjoy when those weeds are just growing, when they're overpowering, where they're just like, you like the look of the weed more than you do the other stuff that's around it? Is there anybody that's like that? Okay, no. So we're all on the same page on that one. Now let's go to the next phase of weeding. How many of you, and I think there could be some of us, how many of you, you actually enjoy the process of weeding? There's something about getting in there, ripping out whatever else you actually enjoy. Do we have some people that enjoy weeding at all here? Yeah, there's a number of you. Uh, Now, the rest of you, let's just be honest, how many of you, oh, oh, no, no, you just hate weeding. That is just not your thing. Yeah, see, now we're divided, right? We're almost 50, 50 on that one. But we all enjoy the look of a weed-free life. Uh, We love it when our landscaping, when our yard is so green, our garden is beautiful, but we don't all enjoy the hard work to get there. And isn't that the way it is in our lives as well? Oh, we just want a weed-free life. Oh, we don't want to deal with the yuck, the pain, uh, the the junk uh, in our relationships, in our own life, in our career, in our school, in our whatever. But we want to enjoy a weed-free life without doing all the hard work to get there. And that's unrealistic. And I grew up going, uh, it was a special treat to go with my mom. We went to Hotel Hershey. And the landscaping was always immaculate. And it seemed like there was always somebody out there trimming bushes, making it look just right. A number of you love to go to Longwood Gardens, and, and you love to see the beauty of the gardens. But we often forget about the hard work that it takes to get there, the amount of effort it takes to enjoy a weed-free environment. And so often we think, you know what? I don't got to do the hard work of weeding in my life. We, we fall into the trap of thinking that we're just going to like stumble, stumble into like our dream school or our dream career, our dream marriage or our dream family. Like there's not a lot of hard work to get there, but that's not the case. And the same as we grow in character, as the Holy Spirit continues to form Christ's character in us, there's some hard work that we have to do. There's some things that need to be uprooted. There's some things that don't belong. And the journey of spiritual growth, man, it's a journey of both weeding and it's a journey of planting. So today I want to talk about embracing, just embracing that journey of weeding. Because we all have our junk. Man, we all carry stuff with us. It might be stuff 
from our past experiences. Uh, it might be some things that we sort of inherited and took one from our families. Uh, there's just some junk in our lives that doesn't belong. It doesn't line up with the heart of God. And if you're going to deal with those things so that Christ's character can be fully formed in you, there's going to be some things that we need to eliminate so that our lives and so that our relationships with one another and with God can flourish and thrive and grow. So what are some of those weeds? What are some of those weeds that just sort of creep into our life? And if we don't deal with them, if we don't get to the root, they just seem to grow and grow and grow and take over. I mean, the list is long, right? Jealousy, pride, envy, bitterness, unresolved anger, judgmental thinking, temper, selfishness, busyness, fear, and that list goes on and on. All these kind of weeds that can take root and take hold in our life. And if we don't deal with them, they just sort of take over and they, the bad chokes out the good of what God wants to do in us and through us and around us. They need to be uprooted. They need to be uprooted. We find Jesus in the New Testament and he's talking about why People shouldn't follow the Pharisees or the religious teachers because, man, there's stuff that's going on in their life that just does not line up, that does not represent the heart of the Heavenly Father. And he says, you know what? These people are people you should not be following because they don't truly represent God. And he makes it clear with these words. He says, every plant, every plant not planted by my Heavenly Father will be uprooted. And we all have stuff. We all have stuff that needs to be uprooted. There's things in my life, there's things in your life, there's junk that we need to deal with. There's stuff, this is a way to say it, there's stuff that's not going to make it to the other side of eternity. There's stuff that we don't take with us into heaven. See, and Jesus invites us in. He invites you and he invites me in to have life in its fullest in the here and now. And to be able to do that, we need to deal with the junk that's in our life. It needs to be uprooted. We need to be on that journey of weeding and also planting along the way. It's unrealistic. It's unrealistic if I think or you think that we're just going to, man, we're just going to be spiritually mature without doing any of the hard work of dealing with things in our life. And sometimes those things get revealed to us in just the most interesting of ways, don't they? We encounter something that God says, hey, Doug, there's something that needs to change in you. This past Wednesday, uh, wrapping up a year-long coaching with another pastor, I said, hey, it's our last coaching session. You pick your favorite breakfast place, your favorite coffee place, and I'll pay. So this past Wednesday, I found myself up at Folklore and meeting with this other pastor and working through and talking through a number of different things. And I don't know how you go into meetings, but I normally don't turn my phone on silent. I turn it on vibrate. And I just lay up there on the table because if there is an emergency, I, I want to be able to be reached. And, you know, we're only a few minutes into this breakfast. And, man, my phone just starts vibrating. And it doesn't stop. It just goes on and on and on and on. I'm like, excuse me, I just have to look. And, and over the course of just over an hour, uh, what had happened was 40-some of you had reached out to me. 40-some of you uh, via email, text, or phone calls saying, Doug, what's up? 
And what I fully began to realize on my drive back to here to the church and talking with some of you is uh, there was this fishing scheme that was going on within our church. And there were people that had created an identity, Doug Bender emails. Uh, and they were sent out to a number of you asking if you could help me out. Asking if you could buy some gift cards. As a matter of some of you that took a couple steps to interact with this fake Doug Bender via email, uh, you were being asked to buy four $500 Visa gift cards. And, you know, it just turned out to be a crazy day trying to pivot through all of this. Uh, the police were at our office later on Wednesday. And just a side note with that, if any of you actually did buy gift cards, if you went that far, we are supposed to let the police know that. So nothing to hide. Let us know. We'll make it right. But we are supposed to let the police know that. But man, I just was getting agitated. I was getting annoyed on like so many different levels on Wednesday. I was just wrestling with this, you know, and I and it started just praying to God. And I'm like, you know, I worked so hard for like my reputation. Uh, and then here is somebody that is taking my name and, and just trying to use it for personal gain. And I was so annoyed. And this just, man, God just hit me with this. Doug, you are way over concerned with your reputation when it's only your character that counts. Reputation is like who other people see you or think you are. But character is who I know you are, who you are in me. Just hit me. I mean, there are some things in my life that need to be weeded out that I shouldn't be so overly concerned with my reputation, but so much more concerned with my character. And the second step on this whole journey of weeding as we build our character is that we need to be willing to uproot those weeds. We need to be willing to uproot the weeds. In other words, we just can't talk about it. We need to be willing to do something about it. We need to be able to be willing to dig in, to get dirty, to do the messy, sweaty, hard work. Or if you pull weeds and like me, you have to deal with the aftermath of the back pain afterwards. It's not just talking about weeding, it's talking, it's getting to actually doing the work of weeding. Have you ever met someone and they're aware of the weed in their life? I mean, they'll acknowledge it, they'll even talk about it. Maybe uh, their weed is workaholism. And they'll talk about, man, how they just work all the time. But they recognize that it's harming their relationship. It's harming their relationship with their friends. It's harming their relationship with their spouse or their kids. It's harming their relationship with God. They'll talk about the weed. They'll see the danger of the weed. But they do absolutely nothing about the weed. They don't take the steps to change anything. There's not a willingness on their part to do the hard work of weeding. And here's what you and I, here's what we know. What you do not uproot, what we don't deal with, will choke out all the good that's going on. If we don't deal with those weeds as God makes us aware of them, it chokes out the good work that he wants to do in us and through us and around us. Here's another important thing about weeding. You need to deal with the root issue, right? You can't just like chop it down. Come on, you know what happens when you just chop down weeds. 
How many of you own a weed whacker, or we'll call them a string trimmer nowadays? Who wants a weed whacker, right? And it has that name. It's a weed whacker. You're supposed to whack the weeds with them. But if you just whack down the weeds, it looks better temporarily, doesn't it? Uh, everything is now ground level as opposed to being up to your knees or whatever else. It looks better temporarily. But what happens? It just grows back. All the weeds grow back. Man, it, they're bigger and badder than ever. Than ever. I mean, that's a shortcut that most of us do on this journey of weeding. We don't really deal with the brew. We tend to mask it. I'm going to mask that. I'm going to just drink a little bit more. I'm going to do some drugs, or I'm going to mask the pain. Or here's one that we do. Busy. Man, if I am just busy, if I am just like go, go all the time, then I don't have to think about the weeds in my life, let alone there's no time to deal with the weeds in my life. Here's another one that some of us pull off. I'm going to run to the point of exhaustion. We absolutely love it when it comes bedtime because we are so exhausted. Our head hits the pillow and we don't even have a moment to think about our lives. We are just out. We make no space, no room for God to reveal some things in our life that need to change. And Jesus invites you and I to deal with the weeds in our life, to not mask them, to not just cut them down, but to get to the root issue, to weed it out so that his character can be formed in us. Have you ever noticed that sometimes Jesus asks the oddest of questions? There's a time where Jesus is in Jerusalem. Uh, he's at the place where all the sick people gather. And right there, he encounters this guy that has been sick for 38 years, coming out to the same area because it's where the sick people gather with the hope of being healed. And this is the question that Jesus asked him. When, when Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? And you're thinking, you know, like if this is today, the person might say, uh, Jesus is like water wet. I mean, come on, I've been sick for 38 years. Of course I would like to get well. And Jesus asked that question, would you like to get well? You've been sick for so long. Would you like to get well? And when it comes to weeding in our life, I think we have that same invitation from Jesus. Do you want to deal with it? Would you like to get well? Would you like this to no longer be a part of your life, something that doesn't just keep coming back, that you have to deal with again and again? Do you want to get to the root of it? Do you want to deal with it? Do you want to get well? But man, sometimes it's like you've been carrying around that unresolved anger for so long. You don't even know what you would look like if you actually dealt with the root of the issue. I mean, that resentment and that bitterness, it's such a part of your identity. It's a part of who you are. If you actually dealt with it, would you even recognize yourself? You're so busy. You're go, go, go. If you switch gears and you slow down and you focused more on who you are than simply on what you do, would you even like yourself? 
It's why so many of us are afraid when it comes to this building character idea. Afraid to have Christ's character formed in us. We might encounter some things in our lives that we're not fully aware of yet or that we don't want to let go of or that we don't want to deal with. So we just lie around for 38 years in our sickness, never realizing our full potential in Christ, never fully finding our identity in him, never really making room for the Holy Spirit to change us, to grow us, to mature us. Psalmist David. You know, David had this huge amount of strengths. Great man of God. And he had this huge amount of weaknesses. And he pens these words. He says, search me, O God. Search me and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Do you see the intentionality? Do you see the invitation to God? Search, test, point, lead. It's saying, God, I'm willing to deal with the weeds. I'm willing to deal with the roots. I know it won't be easy. I know it might be painful, but I'm willing to follow your lead. Point out what doesn't line up with you. Recognize that a part of building character, part of that work is the Holy Spirit forming Christ's character in me involves letting go of some things, dealing with some junk, weeding out the bad to make room for the good. See, Psalm 139 is an invitation to allow God to point out and help us deal and eliminate the weeds in our lives so that we can grow and flourish in all that we do. And then you see this part here. Know my anxious thoughts. I don't think a week goes by anymore where somebody doesn't talk to me about the anxiety that they're feeling or the anxiousness and And you're not alone. David had anxious thoughts. Are you aware of your anxious thoughts? And when you have them, are you willing to bring them to God and allow him to lead you out of them to a path of everlasting life? I mean, anxiety, anxious thoughts can come from the silliest little things, let alone the big things in life. Anxious thoughts that came into me this past week, uh, we were on our phone with our youngest daughter and she was talking about some help that she needed but here was the situation two summers passed haven't been able to do all the things i've wanted to do or get the downtime that i've wanted so working so hard to get some rest and vacation this summer and my wife denise is moving classrooms so there's these extra weeks where she has to pack boxes on the front of the summer and unpack boxes on the other end of summer and then I know that I have to be a part of helping move my daughter as she moves on to her next phase of education. But on the phone the other Saturday, she's like, you know what? I need your help to move me into some temporary storage. I need to sublet a place for a month. I mean, this is like going to crowd out my vacation 
time. How am I going to make all of this work? And there's a denominational like business meeting and just in the middle of summer that I need to be at. And I'm like, man, this is anxiety. Like, oh, everything I've been working to try and schedule vacation, like it's all falling apart. And just brought it before God. God, you know my anxious heart. You know what I want. Help lead me out of this. Throughout the past week, I was up till midnight a couple different nights canceling hotels and campgrounds and rescheduling things, rearranging my entire summer. But being willing to take that anxious thoughts, however brings them on, bring them before God and allowing him to lead you to a much, much healthier place. Because a third step on the journey of weeding is cultivating healthy soil. You weed your garden to make more room for the good stuff to grow. Our spiritual life is not just about getting rid of the weeds. It's making room for Christ's character to be formed in us. It's about producing fruit. The psalmist describes those who follow God like this. In Psalm 1, they say, They are like trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. And there's something about this word picture that just draws us in. Leaves that never wither. Producing fruit in all the right seasons. Just draws us in, but... This psalm, what it's all about, is about location. Planted along the riverbank, being planted in the right place. You take this exact same tree and you move it to a different location where resources aren't abundant. And the exact opposite thing will happen, right? It will not produce fruit. Its leaves will wither. Look at a very similar passage. Look at Jeremiah. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. So once again, we have a similar situation. Planting is key. Leaves don't wither. They produce fruit. But do you see this additional detail that the author gives us? They're not bothered by the heat. They're they're not worried by long months of drought. You and I, as we cultivate good soil, when we root ourselves in God, we make room for to live this word picture in our life, to produce fruit for our leaves not to wither, but also to not be worried or bothered by the heat, the hard times of life, or to be worried when resources are scarce. So how, how do you cultivate good soil? What does that look like in this journey of spiritual growth? Simply, it's making time to be with God through prayer, through reading his word, through spiritual disciplines. It's being with God before doing for God. Simply put, it's just spending regular time with God. And we all want to be that person. We all want to be that person of character that isn't bothered by the 
heat of tough times, that doesn't worry when resources are scarce, but that doesn't happen without being rooted in God, partnering with the Holy Spirit and allowing Christ's character to be formed in us. Do you know someone like that? Do you know someone that is such a person of character, man? Uh, It just seems like nothing would ever knock them over. I mean, the situation, the circumstances of their life, it's nothing that you would ever want to deal with or navigate. But somehow they're just at peace with themselves and they're at peace with others and they're at peace with God. There's something about them that just draws you in and points you to Jesus. Charles Swindoll says this. He says, Great character, like massive roots, grow deep when water is sparse and winds are strong. In other words, you want to be a person of character and you are dealing with the weeds and you're planted at the right place. When the hard stuff of life comes, it's only going to make you stronger. It just allows your roots to go a little bit deeper. It just builds who you are. And one last step on the journey of weeding. Don't forget to enjoy the rewards of hard work. I mean, if you embrace this journey of weeding, you do the hard work of dealing with the roots, of pulling it up, of cultivating healthy soil, just please take some time to enjoy the fruit of all the hard work. Are you like me? Do you ever find yourself guilty of that? Not taking the time to just slow down and enjoy the goodness of God? You've done all the hard work, but you're not enjoying the end results. Is there anybody else that's like me? At the end of summer, it turns to fall, and right as fall begins to get cold and turn to winter, sometimes I feel like such a loser if I didn't spend enough time in my hammock, if I didn't spend enough time in my backyard just enjoying all the fruit of hard work. And God is doing such a great work in so many of you. And so often you're just not taking the time to slow down and enjoy the fruit that he is building, that he is producing in you. The kind of fruit we're talking about, you're familiar with it. It's in Galatians 5, fruit of the spirit, the things that are built in us. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And that's what God is producing in you. And I just am saying, can you just take some time to enjoy it? Can you take some time to just enjoy the goodness of God and all that he's doing in you and through you and around you? So where are you at on the journey of weeding? Do you need to just really dig in and, and do the hard work? Do you need, like the psalmist David, to just go before God and say, God, you know what? Test me. Point it out. What is it that really needs to be uprooted? What is it that needs to change? Or have you already done the hard work and you just need to slow down? Before you move on to the next thing, just slow down and embrace and enjoy the goodness that God is doing in you. And then one last piece. One last 
landscaping thing. Anybody know um, what zoysia grass is? Anybody ever hear of that? Zoysia grass is like a southern grass uh, that should never be planted in the north. Um, Denise and I bought our home in the winter when everything was covered in snow. No idea that we bought a yard infested with zoysia grass in different spots. And the very first frost, the very first frost, all of that zoysia grass just turns crap brown. That's how they describe it, just turns brown. And it is the very last grass late in spring to ever turn green again. But if you want to deal with zoysia grass, I mean, I have read about it like crazy. I mean, if somebody invents a product that you can spray on it, just takes it away, uh, they'll be millionaires, right? Uh, but when you read about what needs to happen with zoysia grass, it sounds like chemical warfare. In other words, it's like out of my league. If I ever want to deal with that, because it is such an infestious grass, I'm going to need the help of a professional. And some of you, man, there are some weeds in your life. And man, that root issue, it is just so big. You're never going to be able to deal with it on your own. You're going to need the help of someone else. You're going to need the help of a professional. And it is such a God-honoring thing when you realize that, when God has pointed it out, to be willing to reach out and ask for help. And if that's where you're at, I'd love to partner with you and point you in the right direction with that. But let's take on this journey of weeding. Let's be serious of uprooting the stuff in our life that God would love to change so that he can do that good work of forming Christ's character in us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that um, you love us just as we are, but you don't leave us that way. You encourage us to embrace life in its fullest in the here and now and for all of eternity. And you love to form your character in us. And we recognize and acknowledge there are some things in our life that just don't line up with who you are. They don't line up with the heart of our Heavenly Father. So as you point them out, as as you nudge us in the right direction, may we not only just recognize the weeds that need to be pulled, may we be willing to do that hard work of uprooting the stuff in our life that doesn't belong. And as that is taken out of the way and we cultivate good soil and just spend time with you, Holy Spirit, may you continue to grow Christ's character in us and may we have lives that produce fruit. May we, our lives reflect that tree that is planted by the riverbank. May our roots go deep and strong so that when the heat of life and when resources are scarce, Man, we just continue to follow you and fall more in love with you and point more and more people to you. May we be people where our leaves do not wither, where may we be people where we continue to produce fruit. May we be Jesus followers that our lives represent our Heavenly Father so well that we just draw people to you, Jesus, that we just point people to you, Jesus. The source of our love, our strength, the one who is worthy of all of our praise. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. Any step you take towards Jesus is a step in the right direction. 
You can find out more about us at crbic.org. That's crbic.org. Thank you.